too much. Welcome to Conduit Conversations. We're here to bridge the gap and give you a look inside the minds of those who are changing our communities for the better. Today with us, we have Lucy Altieri from The Difference Kitchen. Hello. <laughs> so she opened the restaurant in December of 2018. Um, she basically wants to make a difference in the world. She grew up in the city of Buffalo and now she's reinvesting in it. She left her teaching job to make the difference in the lives of those in the community. Um, she hires former students and teaches them more than just culinary skills. She cracks jokes, she's passionate about what she does, and she helps out the community by educating them on the foods that they're eating and what they should be eating for their health and why. Yeah. And so, Tell us about yourself. Um, okay, so Avalanche. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my cooking background goes all the way back to my childhood. Um, and I'm the oldest of three girls, so teaching kind of came along with just being born in my family because, you know, busy family, you know, lower middle income. My, my parents both worked, so I had to help with that. Um, but started cooking around four or five years old, just kind of like on the chair next to the stove with my mom, just very traditional Italian family in that way. And then my dad opened a place when I was 12. It's called Fast Franks. It was the first place in Buffalo that delivered Greek food. because uh, We were really a pizza town. And you know, you get a Chinese food too, but there wasn't anything yeah, else that was- chicken up there. Yeah, man, but nobody else, that was what was delivered. Everything else you had to go and sit down in a restaurant to eat it. So when my dad had the opportunity to open the restaurant, he didn't want to do a pizzeria regardless of our background. He had had some uh, experience doing great food, so that's the way he went. Um, I did that until I went into college, studied to be an art teacher, successfully graduated, good grades, did well, tried to get a job with the Board of Education. Always kept a job in a restaurant in the background though because of time off. Um, education panned out in the terms of I was a substitute teacher for years and years and years because board made cuts, there were positions available, I didn't want to go back and get my master's degree, not promised a position. So it, over time I leaned more and more back towards the idea of having my own restaurant or reopening a place like my dad's or, you know, I just had ideas. And eventually those ideas turned into an intent and I was able to launch my own first restaurant back in 2014, it was called Presto on Allen Street in the city of Buffalo. Uh, that lasted about a year and a half. I had some issues with partners and the amount of rent that was charged in that neighborhood is exorbitant. And I just decided that it was best that I tie it up with a bow and leave and try it again when I had the opportunity. So I left that and then went back to teaching, worked in a couple other restaurants for a little while, reassembled my finances got my life back together and launched a difference kitchen. Here I am. And here we are. Nice. Yeah. It was a long, torturous road, but worth every step. Why was it torturous? Uh, you know, sometimes personal things play into your plan that you don't have any control over. And so it makes a journey that should be education educational and, and something you want to embrace something that's also difficult 
But to I think that's the beauty and what makes you who you are. Like we were talking about before we started, like you know those torturous things within and doing but this. That's real. I just want yeah, people to know that you know. Yeah. For me, it wasn't like my family had money or I just tra la la to skip down the path of life and was like, well, I just did this because you know it was what I wanted to do. There was a lot. There was a lot of building and and sacrifice and you know there were times where I was just eating like ramen. A lot of us have had those times. But you do what you got to do, and you just keep keep pushing. And you're from the city, though, right? Yeah. What area, specifically? So, uh, the first house I grew up in was in North Buffalo, uh, close to Maine and Hurdle area, where Social Park is. And then we moved up a little bit, like the Jeffersons. We went up Hurdle Avenue just a little bit to Wallace, not, not the fancy side. <laughs> What's the avenue. fancy side? It's the south side of Hurdle. It's um, like where Depew Avenue is. Yeah. Some of them real... Right there. Yeah. I thought that was like in the middle. That's where Central Park is. I didn't even know that that's where Cent- well, the, the, the Central Park of Buffalo Street, is. Think, you know, it's, it's like the other side of the tracks. That's where things start to turn a little bit more hood. On, on the other side, it was... You talking about past Delaware? Yeah, between like Delaware Park and Main Street, that's, that's, that's you know, those were top-notch houses. But yeah. We were... We were, we were in the distance looking at it like, well, it's just right over there, so we can't be doing too bad. <laughs> but, um, it was, you know, it was a single-family home with a few bedrooms, but my parents, you know, they, they really worked really, really hard to get that home, and it was a home that was sold to us through a family member because my parents did not have the means to buy that kind of house in that neighborhood. We got lucky to be there. And then they struggled to keep it because the taxes weren't low, and they had three mm. kids. So it was what it was, but they did their thing. And, uh, yeah. That's, that, that, that's crazy, like... That's what gets me. Like you work hard as hell to, to buy your dream home, and then you get your dream home, and you still must maintain taxes, or your dream home will be yanked from you. Yeah. So people be thinking like, I just want to get the big house, want to get the big house, and then the taxes is upwards of ten thousand or ten thousand, and it's just like, well, I can't come up with this money every year. And yeah, it's just everybody like, wants two and a half bathrooms until they realize they all smell like shit and they all gotta be clean. Like, I feel like <laughs> people don't think that people don't realize that smaller is not only humbler, but it. It develops you to appreciate what you have. Right, right. So, you know, I'm past that mentality. There was a time in my life where I wanted to go bigger. I wanted fancier things. I wanted material possessions. I'm not at that point now. I want wealth. Yes. Yeah. I want to be comfortable, for yeah. sure. I want to be able to help people around me. Well, wealth and comfortable is, is two different things. Well, I can be comfortable without the wealth, but I would like the wealth. Right, right. That'd be nice. Man, man, I feel like that when you come from, the, like, Poverty, like when you come from the the bottom, that's how you feel. You right. know what I mean? Like when you talk to people that's, I don't want to say like middle class, but maybe they are middle class. A lot of people be like, uh, oh, I don't want to be rich, and you know, I don't want money and this and that and blah blah blah. And, uh, and I'm like, well, how do you like? How do you supposed to like affect change? Like what? But they be having super packs and right all those little families with those incomes but their privilege is comfort so they don't even need to reach they don't need to they're they're in a plate they're in a constant state of comfort so they don't need to be rich but they don't know what it's like to be poor they don't know what it's like to really appreciate where they're at wow we just have to tie that all together i was about to say tell me more (laughs) take me down that lane a little more right there how can they not appreciate because that goes back to when we had that conversation you was just like i definitely don't like talking to uh like privileged kids and, and it's hard it's hard because you are shaped by your own reality, right? Mm-hmm. So if your reality is that 
you're pretty much always provided for. The new Jordans are gonna be under the Christmas tree. You're gonna get the next Xbox. Your mom and dad are gonna buy another car every couple of years. You've always had a pool in the backyard. None of your friends have ever really struggled other than maybe somebody's dad drinks or, you know, minor, you know, blue collar things that you see in, in middle America. But that to them is rich. That's comfort. They have it all. Mm. And I have people in my family that are at that level that don't understand why I feel like I'm different, why I struggle. They're like, no, you're like the same. We're in the same family. And I'm like, mm, no, because you couldn't, you couldn't deal with the things I've had to deal with. So, but You've that's, never been in the situation where you had to cope with that. So you can't appreciate where you're at and you don't look beyond it because it's so comfortable. But that's common. A lot of folks yeah. feel like because they're in the same family that they share the same experience. Oh, no, yeah, that's that's a sad mistake. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a huge mistake. Especially if you come from a big family because then the spectrum becomes even larger. You can have some uncle that, you know, can't get off the streets, lives in the basement and smokes crack, and then you can have another auntie that's like a lawyer and, you know, she got a, a Ph.D. and lives in, in, in Atlanta in a huge house. Mm. But it's all one family. Mm. And I mean, I have I have a stretch in my family. Like I can see, like there's a nice spectrum. Somebody's making way over six figures, and somebody can't get out the clinic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 real. Which is real? Yeah, that's reality. That's the way it but, is. Like like we were saying, there's so many people that live in the middle. So like having that perspective of being able to see both sides, right. and like being at the bottom and now starting your own restaurant, and like doing something in the community to improve it for the better like or to to do something right. to give back like have realistically yeah. yeah and it's because you can relate to these people because you understand their situation and like you have that empathy right right i can relate and i feel like for a lot of outliers meaning people who are the very richest or the very poorest who are able to change their own position they're the only ones that can do it Everybody else is trapped in the mundane. I mean, but you were able to right, change. Right, outlier. Yeah, but so so what skills or, like, what setbacks do you think really showed you that in yourself or, like, helped you to build that characteristic? I don't want to believe that it was always this way, that I was born this way, but I feel like certain things have to be fostered in you in a very young age for you to escape your position. It's that, like we were talking about earlier, it's something right, or that snaps with, you. Right, or, some, or, or to cope with the, with the hardship that's going to befall you. Because, like you were saying about, you know, the man that jumped to his death the other day. Other people have walked through his path and done what he's done, and they make it out okay, or they're stressed, or they need counseling, but they don't they don't end their life. And what makes that difference? It's, it's, it's all in the structure. I think some of it might be DNA, and some of it has to do with environmental factors growing up. You have to be it's, it's the, attrib- the right it's, way. Yes, yeah, the attribute level. And, and what you see is, is often is people have low resiliency. And if they have low resiliency, they, they pass that on to you. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you'll never be able to do that. Because I can't they, do that. Right. That's ridiculous. And the source of that is a very low resiliency, right? Yeah. And then... Also, a lack of ambition, a lack of imagination, a vision to say that I can do. I feel like it's huge. I was a very imaginative child, extremely. And you had to be extremely creative. Like like you said, it was something that triggered you early. 
I, I look back at the kinds of things that I did when I was a child, and I look for that in other children now, and I'm like, wow, like, really, kids just don't do that. Mm-hmm. They, and I didn't have a lot of friends that were doing what I was doing when I was little either. <laughs> of course not. I mean, I was, But that's what made you, quote, unquote, different. Right, but I believed. I truly believed in my mind. It wasn't imagination when I was a child. To me, it was, well, it is what it is. It was manifesting. I was manifesting my abilities as a young child through imagination, and that's what you do. Absolutely. Because that's what manifestation is. It's picture it before it's real and it will become real. And, and, so and what you we're have doing. to resonate on that like with some realness. You can't just be like, well, I see a Mercedes in my driveway. Ugh, what happened? You know, it doesn't work like that. It's got to be. It's, it has to be you. But it has to be a part of you. Mercedes, yeah. You're going to get that Mercedes in your driveway. So like, what were those things that you were doing when you were younger that was that were setting you apart from everyone else your age? I, I remember whenever I played a game, I was always in charge. I was the boss. I wanted to contribute i wanted to build things if we didn't have something i was like let's make it and i remember very specifically being about eight years old and i took dance classes my entire childhood was a prima ballerina and all that cute stuff but i remember when i was eight i was like i want to make my own team of dancers and my mom was like what do you talk about like you're going you go to dance school you have all your dance friends and i was like no like my own like like like, you know how people do concerts, but like, I don't need a singer. I just want to like have a group of dancers. And my mom was like, oh, okay, well, when you get older, you can do that. I was like, well, why can't I do it now? And she was like, well, you know, we don't have money time. You know, she gave me the typical parent answer of like, why we I don't can't. have resources. Right. We cannot fulfill your dream right now. Stuff is going on. Right. That was basically how <laughs> right. I went. Right. But when the opportunity was presented to me as a public school teacher to work in an after school program, I immediately jumped on it and I formed a dance team and I did it for 12 years. Damn, congrats. Thank you. We can appreciate we can appreciate that. Yeah, that man. was that's good. that's and excellent. I did it for free for years when they didn't have the funding. That's excellent. But um yeah, that was that's a great memory of mine. They were called the Sweet Steppers. I did it out of School 76. I did it out of the Westside Community Center and I did a couple of Where's um, the Westside Community Center? Uh that's at 161 Vermont Street. Yeah, 161 Vermont. Check them out. Check yeah, it out. That's a great little center. They have great programs for kids there. But, um, yeah, that's that's where that came in. But I would imagine things. And there were other things. I, I don't know if I can recall them. But, I mean, even this restaurant. I literally, after I had the first one and I started learning about what the power of manifestation was. like, What is the power of manifestation? It's basically deciding what you want. And calling it into being. Mm. And then through your right actions and intentions, it comes to you and you come to it. It's not just like you get there. Mm-hmm. It also comes to you. Yeah. But and you have to vibrate on the right frequency. You have to be putting out the right energy. You can't be hating on everybody around you who's trying to do what you're doing while trying to do what you do. Stay in your own lane. Focus on you. Focus on hard. your creativity, yep. your authenticity. And when you get a setback, wait for the kickback. Because every time something sets you back, it's for a reason. It's something perfect that's coming on the other end of that, ain't right, it? Right, right. It's only if you, can, wait, if you can wait. If you can hold out the storm. Yeah, because people don't understand. That's where patience comes in. When you don't get what you want, don't be like, oh, God, you know, get all frustrated and mad. I mean, obviously, that's everybody's initial reaction. But if you let that control you, then you're not going to get it. If you let it go and you go, all right, obviously, there's a purpose. I'm missing something. Let me just wait. It could be celestial. It could be financial. It could be you got to wait till your auntie has that baby, and then the universe is going to give it to you. Whatever the case may be. <laughs> Just wait for it because it's coming. And I mean, that's an amazing segue into the name of the restaurant, the yeah. Difference Kitchen. And so I was just <laughs> ready to say, like, talk about a storm. This yeah. restaurant is 
one of the hardest businesses to run in the world. Yeah, you got to be a little crazy. And, and what you were telling us when we stopped here to eat last week is that you have a unique program where you hand out these menus and you sign them. Extraordinary. And people get to come back into the restaurant and they get to sit and they get to eat a meal as much as they want of whatever's on the menu. And Pretty you're much. providing this to them. Yeah, so I have a, a couple of friends that own other local businesses and um, they get some, they own a cafe and uh, another one is a social worker and she works in a great big office that helps uh, people who are infringed upon and have less and need assistance. So I provide menus to these friends that have my signature on them and what it does is it basically provides a meal for somebody who can't provide one for themselves for one time. and. Yeah, I'm happy to feed somebody. If there's food in my coolers and I'm not selling it, I mean, we could all die tomorrow. Might as well give out a meal today. That's amazing. Yeah, but little things like that, I feel like people are like, oh, why don't you donate? Why don't you do this? I, look, I don't have money. What I have is food right now. So if I could feed one person and change their perspective, that's what I'll do. And resources is, is, is about a lot more than food. You know Absolutely. I, mean? I mean, excuse me, a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a lot more than money. You right, know what I mean? Absolutely. So there's time that's going into that, sweat equity that's going into that. Right. Your food from your kitchen is going into that. So we impact change the way that we do, right? Right. Often it's, the, it's those people that's pointing fingers like that that's busy not doing anything. They're probably riding away with something Well, else. anybody who's criticizing you is usually in on your level. So you just got to, you know. And okay. you got to welcome them because if you mm -hmm. ain't got them, you ain't popping. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> Like people have a have time to paint negative pictures of other people when they could be reinvesting yeah, it in the community like the you're doing. You ain't never gonna get okay from that. No. And and so you're actually doing it. You're investing your time, your resources, and you're giving back to the community. And you don't know if maybe one of those meals that you've served has changed a life for good forever. And I mean, with each meal you serve, you're helping people. I hope so. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't think that one meal is going to like save planet Earth or anything, but I mean, it's the food, difference. Food does, yeah, food does something. <laughs> food, food definitely makes a difference. The and difference for kitchen. people who don't have <laughs> access to good food all the time to just come in and sit down and know that you don't have to pay for it. I mean, there's places in New York that do this. They're free cafes, but I mean, there's nothing like this in Buffalo, and it's not that anybody can just walk in here and be like, "Hey, I'm hungry." It's not like that. I'm definitely trying to do it with intent and carefully mm -hmm. and food's not the only way I mean anybody who gets employed here is going to get an earful of my crazy try and push them into you know their right living but speaking speaking of that one meal thing um, is I was definitely impressed by it but what partnerships have you been able to forge based off of what you've been like this initiative what you've been doing here well I don't have any specific partnerships like I don't get tied in with like corporate companies or anything like that I just um, hence the point of this podcast oh we're trying to get a lot more people okay a lot more entrepreneurs connected throughout Buffalo by right. storytelling that's mm -hmm. awesome I mean I, I look to connect with other business owners and have that kind of network but for me it again like capitalism isn't my thing I like to succeed but I'm not a competitor with anybody other than me so as long as I feel I'm doing well and I feel successful, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not looking at what everybody else is doing course. In, that, in that respect. Of course, of course. But, I mean, um, the gentlemen and ladies that own the Intersection Cafe on the corner of Elmwood and uh, Allen Street, mm -hmm. 
great people. Um, I wouldn't say we're partners, but we're definitely family. So and that's a good I relationship. Feel like, I feel like that's a good tie. And what, what's what's the name of that place? We definitely want to shout them out. The Intersection Cafe. The Intersection Cafe. It is the former Taza Cafe for people who are uh, in oh, the area. Oh, it's what? called the Intersection Cafe now. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Super inclusive, amazing drinks, just all around great people. Yeah. And a nice, and it's a dope setting in there. Yeah. Great yeah. safe space, good artwork. Yeah. Super chill. Yeah. And so I just want to rewind back a little bit. You were mentioning, <laughs> <laughs> you were mentioning that it's more than just serving the food. It's the employees that you have as well that are either former students or, I mean, people that you're teaching life lessons, not just right. giving well, I, a job to. I don't want somebody to come from far away that's not familiar with the neighborhood, who's just looking for a random part-time job to work here. And there's nothing wrong if that's if that's what you're doing out there. But I'm employing people locally as possible. So, I mean, I've got one friend working here who's been my friend since we were 14 and 16, and he actually worked for my father when he had his restaurant. So that's just somebody that I'm helping out. The, young la- the other young lady I have working for me, she lives around the corner. She's a single mom. She's doing her thing. She wants to learn the industry because she wants to do what I'm doing. Mm. So, I mean, what better way to do it than to do Mentorship. Right yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean... Basically, she does what I do. She's back there right now. Oh, that's... Mm-hmm. Can we say her name? Yeah. That's Niaja then. Yeah, that's Niaja. Oh, that's what's up. I've had several students who I've employed. Some it worked out, some not so well. But you know, you live and you learn, and you get to push people on with the experience. So I'm, I'm not I'm not regretful of anybody I've ever employed. No, no, wonderful. No, um, no, like, anything going on of interest with the co-ops in Buffalo? Like, because they have, like, a similar kind of... I tend to keep my life real small. Okay. I mean, no one's really reached out to me in terms of, like, we want to carry your fill-in-the-blank at our... Right, 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 right. Um, I do do some catering. Uh, I'm open to cater to people out there who are listening. Um, I don't know. I just want to come in every day, make good food, and go home happy. I think that's your slogan, huh? Because I I saw that in in the research. I just want to make good food and... Yeah, I mean, make people happy, and I'm not. It, the very simplest things in life make me happy, so I'm not looking for. I'm not looking for the things that are typical. I'm just looking for the experience. I'm looking for that moment to see people smile when they put something in their mouth, or lick their finger, or look at their friend after they bite something. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like those are the moments I live for. Like you can keep everything fancy. Like show me the love. Yeah. And yeah, when I can see that my love yeah, translated from yeah. my hands to your plate to your yeah. mouth and your face. And you're just like, yeah, you don't even care. You got mayonnaise on both sides of your cheek from corn. And you're just like, what happened? Oh, I'm, I'm hypnotized by this deliciousness. That's it, man. That's my goal. I'm done. That's the Asia. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. My, that's my currency. That's right amazing. There. That's amazing. That's, that's what fills up my cup. That's what makes me overflow. And the food is definitely that good. Yeah. I don't, people be like, oh, how good is it? I'm like, I'm looking here. Just, just just buy something and just eat it. Like, I really don't like to be that person that's like, yo, man, I'm going to put everybody to shame. My food is so delicious. Because everybody does. There's a lot of cooks out there that do things phenomenally. And I don't ever want to take away from anybody else with talent. But when you eat my food, it will speak for itself. It's it, it's funny because it's like, um, I don't want to say like it's a, it's a Buffalo thing because it's, the, it's definitely the combination of all those different cultures. But 
those cultures have had markets here in food since forever. Yeah. And it, it's like a buffalo spin on things. I've been in other places and you don't get chicken shawarma like you get chicken shawarma here. No, you man. I, mean? I didn't so, want to do it on that, that big broad thing that they have that rotates because that just seems like an, it's an just, unhealthy it's option because it's raw in the middle and it's um, cooking on the outside. So, I mean, there's got to be a way it works. They've been cooking it that way for years, but I didn't have room for that kind of mechanics in my kitchen. I just wanted the flavor. It's it's the buffalo. It's like a buffalo way of doing things. Right. You know what I mean, it's, ain't it's, nothing new in the world. I just recycled right, a good idea. Right. So it's it's like as much, like when I come in here and I see like like half and halves and, and stuff like that, like little stuff that I know people like here like mm-hmm. is is like wow, you know. At yeah, the same Yeah, is another one of those. That's like a buffalo yeah, staple. Yeah, like a staple. Like you can go on in any neighborhood. There's gonna be some type of souvlaki diner. Oh yeah in that neighborhood okay. or, or a diner where you can get souvlaki mm-hmm. in there. So that's like a Buffalo thing. And then I tried to provide some stuff that Buffalo was missing because mm-hmm. there's a few places you can get falafel in Buffalo, but not like here. No. Um, Even at the bean, um, Akla. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's a North African dish. I'm not sure if anybody in Buffalo does that other than maybe like at like the West Side Bazaar if there's some, mm-hmm. something similar there perhaps I've never seen it anywhere else but I mean I just did research and, and believe it or not when I had students that lived in my neighborhoods man if I could get in their kitchens I certainly did there was a Sudanese woman that taught me how to make this spinach dish with peanut butter and I'll tell you that's one of my favorite things to eat to this day wow so 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 you self-taught with a lot of this yeah, a lot of it was internet Savant research, style. Watching, watching cooking okay, shows. Okay, okay, you taught yourself. Uh, going into people's kitchens. Sometimes it was being in a relationship. Mm. You know, um, I, I dated a few Puerto Rican men, and I was able to get close to their grandmothers and their aunties and pick up some stuff. I oh, had, I thought you meant relationships like community relationships. No, you mean no, like intimate relationships. Relationship. Yeah, relationship. you know, yeah, that as, was dope. as they grow That's over dope. time, you have Christmases and stuff like that yeah. together. I'm going to get in the kitchen. Yes, yeah. yes. I don't. I don't need to speak your language if you got food in your hand. That's that's food a is the too. language, yes, right? That is yeah. it. So, a lot of what I learned, I just sought it out. Dope, super dope. Thank you. That's what it's all about. You know what I mean? A commitment to lifelong learning. Right. You know no, what I'm saying? People don't understand that all of what you learn is self-taught. You decide what to take in. Be, be, to be focus, disciplined. You pay attention. You put that discipline on yourself because somebody yeah. can tell you something fifty times, and until you decide to. Listen, to hunker down, focus, and mm-hmm. remember it. It's on you. Wait until you you get you you get in touch with why you want to do this, right? A kid riding a bike, brand new, is afraid of riding a bike, but they want it so badly that they're willing to get those strawberries right. all over the body, those scrapes, cuts, right. and bruises, in order to get it right. So it's but that's a metaphor. You have to the, want it. Yeah, that's a metaphor for the fear that you feel as an adult when you're not sure if you can take that leap or make that financial decision or leave that crappy job that you just absolutely hate but you know is going to be there for you. So here you have this kid that held on to a dream of te- like dancing and teaching people to dance, get a chance to do that, shift gears, open up a restaurant on the west side of Buffalo with the odds against her, and still prevail. What other choices there? And, and she tried to tell us she Buffalo wasn't a high tale. performer. Okay. In the ear, tried to argue us down and say she's not a high performer. And that's not the qualifiers. It's the it's the tedious ingredients in between. Oh, that are the qualifiers to high performance. We don't want people to just be like, oh, well, I had it hard and I made it and I do this. I got a job. 
it's, it's, it's different. High performance is, is about those soft skills and the cultivation of those soft skills through that commitment to learning and growing. Yeah. You ever seen that, um, that gif or that meme about um, the teacher <coughs> asks the kids, is the bottle full? Yes. I think that is a metaphor for high performers. Mm. People only see the big things in the bottle, and they think that the bottle's full. And it's like, no, you don't understand. There's so many more little beads, grains of rice, sand, dirt. The space you, around the box. Yeah, you got to put all that other stuff in there. You on. can't just be like, well, I have a house and I have a car and this makes me successful. No, you just got some big shit rattling around in an empty bottle. Damn. Wow. We can just wrap the podcast up right now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. You got some big shit floating around in an empty, rattling around in an empty bottle. Yeah, you got to fill that in with all the important, necessary little. Those tedious ingredients. Mm-hmm. No pun you intended because we in here. Mom. Yeah. To reach the upper echelon. <laughs> she dropping bars. She, she, she dropping bars. Jay-Z don't steal that. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> uh, yeah. That's all right. So I'm just trying to think of partnerships in the community that would be beneficial to you. And I know that... I'd like some new era caps with my... Um, <laughs> With my logo on them, I'm just saying it's a dope logo. Can we get power to the people on the back? Different kitchen. <laughs> but there's nothing stopping you from doing I mean, that I'll send now. I'll the design and the specs myself. In, in I fact, can, we've already tra- we've already trademarked <laughs> that for you, right? So yeah, you about to you about to get that right now. So yes. I wanted to open a bakery at one time called Flower to the People. Mm. But, but that you know, sounds there's, like there's too many gluten free people right now, and, and you know there's, there's in the hood that just sounds. But that also sounds like there might be cannabis involved as well when you say flower well, future you know new york we on that time schedule for one more year we'll see what happens when the legislation passes <laughs> we on the schedule right it is written yeah finally in a good way we on the schedule hopefully we dropped the ball this past month but whatever, most right? de- most definitely <laughs> most definitely yay everybody can drive their car to work though i'm really happy about that if you are if you are a non-citizen in the united states you can still get a license they did pass that legislation so that yeah that's super dope refugees and immigrants that are waiting on their status that's super dope so I and while they're while while that's happening i'm wanting to drive a lot less i miss that that's one of the few things i do miss about when i lived on the west side i didn't drive more than three quarters of a mile maybe like once a day Not it's so much to see you know what i mean yeah. like especially in the summer we don't we in buffalo we have limited gorgeous days where you yep. you know so i i want to like ride bikes i just want to be outside mm-hmm. you know what i mean i just want to be somewhere outside oh sorry about that i'm in this great fishbowl every day doesn't make any deliciousness well you got great scenery it's like yeah, being yeah, outside yeah. like you right here in the city you it's get crazy traffic yeah. last time we was here a cat just walked in and was like yo i heard you got the best tostones i want some yeah Start popping Spanish, hiring all that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so you see what I mean? So, <laughs> and then started educating him on like, yeah, what, what the food, food deserts was, and all that. From. Yeah, GMOs, crazy. Gotta scare him a little, you know, make some Google some stuff. <laughs> so, tell us about the importance of educating your consumers. Um, so that's that's a you have to know when. First of all, some people don't want to hear it, so you have to kind of gauge the person that you're talking to. But if you can crack a joke about like what what's really going on in food, a lot of times people ask me if there's soda here, and they get a Pepsi or a Coke, and I'm like, 
personally, I tell them, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I don't sell poison. Oh. And I giggle a little, and they look at me like, what? And I'm like, well, you know. Look it up. They don't know. No, but you know. Or if they know, they, they, they just don't care. Right. There's a lot of people that are like, I know, I don't care. I'm drinking anyways. It is what it is. Don't judge me. Okay, cool. No, no judgment. Do you. But you're yeah. not going to be able to get it here, boo. True. Yeah. This is not that space for that. Right. I don't have a deep fryer. Everything is whole foods. People don't even know what whole foods means. It means Break it down for us. I got to. It means ingredients that are coming directly from the natural source. So mm. corn is either on the cob or cut off the cob, but nothing's been done to it. It hasn't mm. been frozen. It hasn't been canned. It hasn't been turned into a tortilla No chip. pesticides, no nothing. Well, no. It can be. It's a whole food when it just grows out of the ground, and it is whole. Okay. Okay. In what it is. Okay. A tomato is a whole food. Okay. Now you can make ketchup, you can make sauce, you can make pizza sauce, you can make a million things out of that tomato, but in its whole food form, it's a tomato. What about a GMO tomato? It's still a whole food because okay. it's still a whole tomato. Okay. Now if it's an organic whole food, then that's where you lose the GMO and it's an actual tomato that has heritage as a seed and hasn't been modified at all. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I thought they could just slap organic on anything. No, there are actually very stringent things that farmers have to be able to provide and prove in order to get that organic certification. And there's a lot of food out there that is technically organic, but they can't get the certification because the farm doesn't have the money in order to prove it, or they can't put the systems in the place that will make them meet the uh, requirements by the government. So even though they're technically growing organic food, they're not allowed to sell it or market it that way. And then there are people who spray junk all over their stuff. Food is interesting. I try and get as much whole, organic, local, you know, if there's apples growing in New York State, which are, I would prefer to get those than have the ones shipped from Washington because then you got the price of oil and that smudge, if you will, on the apples. You hear that, local farmers? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of urban farms, urban farms in the city popping up all over if that you would be able to collaborate with. Urban farms popping urban up farms all over are, the city. They're good for temporary use because of buffalo season mm-hmm. um, and if they have um, crops that they rotate that you know you can rely on like let's say they just do greens beans tomatoes mm-hmm. okay if they're only doing those things you know that they'll be able to provide for you throughout a season now if they've got like 50 different things growing in their in their garden you might want to use something for a special because it, it's only going to be harvested once or twice and then it's gone because mm-hmm. that's the nature of farming so yes Local is awesome, and I welcome anybody who's got bumper crop extra stuff to sell. You know, if you're from Tilth or anywhere else on the west side, stop in with stuff that you're trying to get rid of. I'd be happy to try and take it off of your hands at a reasonable price, always. But, um, you know, I can't promise that I will. If it's something that's not on the menu, I can't use it. Mm-hmm. I don't have a purpose for it. So everything you on your menu is fresh, like fresh, fresh. Absolutely. We, we make everything here with the exception of, like, the bread, the tortilla chips, and the mayonnaise. Mm. So the meat comes in, we make it into the beef patties. It's not frozen. It's not preformed. Fresh meat. Yep. You get a tube of ground beef and make it into the patties. Okay. Um, we make the ketchup. We make all the dressings. We make the hummus. We make the guacamole. We make the salsa. Wow. Yeah. We make the tzatziki sauce. Now, do you add... Is the, is, do you educate the consumer on on that as well, yeah. the, like the oh, process yeah. and things like um, that? I mean, it's not written on the menu. I mean, there's a little mission statement on there, but if somebody says, like, 
Well, what's in this? I'll gladly tell you what's in there. Okay. I'm, I'm not secretive because if you can replicate what I replicate and do what I do, good. Go ahead. Like that toothpaste you was just telling me about. Right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm not afraid to share my recipes because if you can do it like I can do it, God bless you. Mm. Chances are you can't. Or you won't. Or, or you, you won't aspire to this. Or this is not what you want for yourself. Right. So you just want to go home and make a little in your kitchen right. all the time and be right. like, oh, look right. what I learned. Oh, it's yes. delicious and add it to your repertoire. You're not gonna you're not gonna I'm not afraid of somebody coming and stealing my thunder. You wanna know what's in my you know, in the carne asada, I'm gonna tell you orange juice, do some jalapeno chocolate, you know, I'll go right down the yeah. list. You figure it out. Go but ahead. it's your creativity that's made this right. What it, the difference. Right. Again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, it's fun. I see it all over the place. I see it in cartoons and memes and that makes all the difference. I'm like yeah. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, you got to take it. You got to run with it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to run with it. The initial, uh, my, when I was first conceptualizing my first restaurant, I was going to name it Good To Go. That implies that it's, to, to me, that it's maybe wholesome food on the go. Word. That's what it was. It was going to be like a Chipotle, you know, setup style thing. Just go down the line, add all your stuff to whatever it is you're eating, whether it's a a thing or a salad or a sandwich I think I had to set up as you walk the door. Yeah, it's a couple spots that's like that, right? It's a yeah. couple spots that's got that model. Yeah. That's doing that. But that's that's what it is. It's a model. And yeah. I'm not a model person. I'm a break the mold person. So um, eventually I pulled away from that and, and I, my first place was international comfort food. So I did home cooked meals from all over the world. You definitely uh, put your own spin to it. That's for sure. Yeah, man. The ambiance is even lovely. Thank you. And everything I've had here is delicious, so I can't say that about most places. I I don't know where you can go that makes gray as far as eating feel good. Because all you need to focus on here is the food. (laughs) The rest is just background. But it still doesn't feel like when you walk in, it's not like blah. You know what I mean? No. It's very, it's, the it's energy in here is good. A lot of character. Yeah, somebody was asking me, like, oh, why don't you put, like, a TV? I was like, what? For what? Why? That was one of the things I, I admired. Like, I whenever I come in here, you're sitting in that window over there. No TV, no music playing, no nothing. Just soup Nazi, focus. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, I don't need the distraction, <laughs> number one. Number two, I don't want my customers to be, like, zombies. Like, I don't... To be honest with you, I don't even want to hand out Wi-Fi passwords. Like, can y'all just eat the food and talk to each other about how damn good the food is? Like, that's what you do when you go out to eat. Like, converse. Wow. Have a social situation. Wow. That's you know, gutsy. Talk about what could go on the wall. Help me out. That's gut. That's <laughs> gutsy. People have to relearn no, that. I really, I really want, like, I want it to be that pure, that raw. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to, like, throw a piece of cardboard down on the floor and be like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's a real natural experience. But, like, you don't need a lot. It's like your homey house. Like, you can chill and survive. You know what I mean? Look, man, I got duct tape on the couch. It is what it is. But it still looks like it belongs there. You know what? I I don't even think I noticed that until until you just said that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even think I noticed that. Because, you know what? I'm not worried about it. Yeah. So I'm not throwing out the the energy that, like, oh, my God, my dining room ain't correct. Yeah, the food is the distraction, for sure. The food is the focus. It's all it is. Well, for some itself. folks, it's the distraction. Oh, well, yeah, man, some folks coming in judging. Yeah, no, yeah. some people come here to, for the food, and that's the getaway. Yeah. For some yeah. people, food is an escape. Yeah, that's true. I got people come in here on the daily talk about, I need my fix. <laughs> that's why we call that, you know, that corn that I got? We call that corn Jimmy Crack Corn. 
They got some uh, people that just come. What is it called? The corn de calle. It's like an elote, a Mexican corn. It's got the mayonnaise and the cheese and the cilantro, and you squeeze a lime juice on there, and it's cooked on the fire, and it's all crackly and delicious. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do a thing here. Come and, uh, on. Yeah, man, that 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 corn will have you looking a fool. That'll give you the mayonnaise smile with the cilantro and the cheese, and you'll be like, I don't care. Like a typewriter going right down that joint. I wish we had this on video right now. <laughs> Well, we got it on live, so we close enough. Yeah, uh, we close enough. Yeah, man. What other dishes are you proud of like that? Uh, I mean, it's hard to choose. I know they're all your babies, but what's the ones people come in and say they got to get their fix for? I mean, I get that akla every time. Really? Yeah. Okay, so for me, that's not one that really stands out, but if it stands out for you, then, I mean, everything obviously works for somebody. Yeah, for sure, um, or it wouldn't be there. Right. Uh, the carne asada, that that. The flank steak. I mean, you can have it cooked any way you want, but it's just delicious. It's so juicy. It's so juicy. The flavors. It's the flavors. It's the way it permeates through the marbleization of that meat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad I don't eat it. Oh. Are you vegetarian? No, I just don't. I don't eat. Are you eat a selective beef. eater? I don't eat any red meat. Okay. Pork? I think I'm allergic to pork. Yeah. I think you're allergic to I know I'm allergic to dairy for sure. Yeah. I'm allergic to some shellfish, not all. I eat fish, I eat chicken, I eat turkey. Okay. I eat a lot of veggies. Try to eat a lot of fruit. Okay. Phytonutrients. Yeah, I was I just doing, keep running it down. I was doing good this morning. <laughs> I had a banana and then I had some fresh blueberries and then I was uh, like, let me get down and all these chocolate chip cookies that I bought. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that, that's me. I like this snack too. I like to just like I'm I like s- to do that kind of thing, and it's terrible for me. Like why? Like I'm the why? same way. I'm the same way. Like Those I'll, little donuts. I'll I had a little eat, donut. Look, I'll make Dr. Sebi proud until 7 p.m. And then I'll be like, where's them brownies and that ice cream, man? Man. <laughs> I go between like decadence and like perfection. It's horrible. I'm like. I'm all- on that spectrum right here. I'm trying to start Sugar Eaters Anonymous. I need more support. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, word. Well, For real. I should have called you when I was snagging on them cookies this morning. Man. That's exactly what I said to myself. I was it's like. It's so bad. It's the sugar. I inhaled, and I ate a banana and blueberries. I inhaled four donuts yesterday, and I felt incredible. <gasps> Until the crash. Yeah. Well, I went home and, and slept shortly after, but... Hi, how you doing? Hi. Hello. Hello. Customers in the hands. I love it. Word. It's raw. Yeah, we're just shooting this podcast while a uh, little business is going on for everyone in the background. That's how I supposed to go. <laughs> in New York, in, in the city, now, downstate, <laughs> downstate, you couldn't imagine getting a person to step away from their business while doing this they would do it the same way you know what i mean yeah. that's why i like about it it's progressive at the same time we don't have to be in the back no, trying i like to that hide you guys it. can bring your setup around too like that's very advantageous that's courtesy of kev right there hey, cosmic <laughs> kev he's seen all the wires in my whole situation he was like yo i can do that better he went online got this sweet setup and it's amazing that's a gift i don't have good for you <laughs> planning what's the gift you don't have technology Going online, doing anything, well, clicking on an icon gives me anxiety. The beautiful thing Sorry about right the now. beautiful thing about being in capitalism is that you can outsource for what you don't know how to you do. This is true. This is true. I mean, when I was in the process of opening this place, I was in a very nice situation that I was able to make this a more comfortable transition than the very first time I did business. Plus, knowledge makes everything you know. That do you have a, a financing partner, or did you do it all on your own? Um, no, honey, I sold the house I bought. Nice. I flipped it. It was a, nice. it was a grand hustle. 
So. Oh yeah, you did. The very first time I came here, you yeah. told me that you was like, yeah, you want me to talk about the hustle for real? Well, <laughs> I mean, I that's am what who I want I you am, to hear. Let's like, let's bring out that hustle for real. Tell us about that. You want to start from the beginning? Like yeah. The legal part? Why not? All right. Well, so hmm, late '90s, early 2000s, I got into a little bit of the drug game mm-hmm. while I was in college. It was a nice little side money and. And I started paying attention to how much money I can make doing what I was doing, and I started putting some away and not paying attention. Start realizing you were a hustler and not just a dope dealer. Word. Like, because at first it was just kind of like, oh, cool, I can smoke for free. I'm get, you know, I know all these connections. This is kind of cool, you know. But you was getting some enterprising skills. Absolutely. And time. I mean, I definitely had business skills already because my, I grew up in my dad's restaurant, and let me, my father has the gift of gab. You think that I can talk? <laughs> he's, he's next level. I, I'm a fruit from that tree. Nice. So, thank you, Dad. That's what's up. So, I saved all this money, and I got to a point in my life where I needed thank to move. You. And I was like, man, if I keep renting apartments, like, what am I building? Mm. Like, I'm giving the money. I, I was at that point in my life where I realized, okay, rent means, like, you don't get nothing. Right. But your space at that time. Right. right. And, and I that knew, ass can be gone. Right, and I was moving out of a home that my parents owned, so I didn't have that security anymore. Mm. So I was like, do I really want to go back to renting with, like, roommates and dealing with all that hassle and BS? Right, right. And I was like, how hard can it really be to buy a house? Well, do some research. Found out that at that time, because the housing crisis had just collapsed, everything was for sale. Nothing, Mm. you know, nobody, anybody could get a loan as long as you could show that you were employed. So was this, like, 2010, somewhere around there? 2008. Hey, oh, so right when the market crashed. Yep, as soon as it okay, happened, I thought I was it like, might have recovered a little bit. No, there was no recovery. This was like in the depths of it. So I picked up a house on the west side for $38,000 in 2008. And nice. it was moving ready. Like, really? For thirty eight? Yeah. I mean, parts of it still looked like it was designed in the 60s, but everything yeah, worked. Everything yeah. was clean. It was beautiful. And it was yours. It was well-maintained, and now it was mine. And mm-hmm. with a mortgage of $420 a month, you can't beat that with a bat. Hell no. Was it a duplex? No. Single family, three bedroom corner lot. I bought the lot behind me where a house had burned down and built out a huge backyard, fenced it all in, put a new roof wow. on the house. And over 10 years time, I redid the entire inside. So when the gentrification process and the resurgence of the west side started happening, I was already well along my path of fixing this home. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was intended to be my that permanent home, so but, good. you know, ahead, keep going. <laughs> was, my mouth is water. My intention wasn't to keep it as a permanent home forever, but <clears throat> unfortunately, um, some very traumatic things happened there. And, you know, you make plans and God laughs. So I took what was a painful memory and turned it into a profit. Mm. Sold that house easily four or five times what I bought it for. Wow. And was able to purchase another house, pay off all my college loans, pay off all my credit card debt and open a business. And I still have money in the bank to make sure I could roll the first year. Are you kidding me? No. It can be done. Wow. That is incredible. That is an incredible story. That is an incredible story. Thank you. And you still out here making change. You could just be teaching classes on that alone. Yeah, man. Well, if I had decided not to open a restaurant, like I legit could have taken a year off, traveled the world, and came back with money. Right. That's what most people would have done. Well, I can't say most, but a lot of people would have done it. At the end of the day, though, when I close my eyes, I need to feel like I put something down, like like I left a mark, like I did something. Like, I can't spoil myself too long without feeling like 
a selfish piece of shit. I feel that same <laughs> way, but it, for me, it's independence. It's, it's just the mark of freedom. Like, yeah. it's, like being just believing in yourself that much. You have the audacity mm -hmm. to, if you had a fellow on your face, people would be like, oh, she squandered. I did fall on my face. Quarter million dollars, she squandered it. But I fell, I fell down plenty of times throughout the process. Mm -hmm. Whether or not I put those falls on Facebook or anybody saw me da fall down or get back up, that's not, that's not on them. But you love it, though. You still stay committed. You didn't stop. No, no. I love my life, and I love trying to make this place, this earth, a better place. That's important to me because at the end, at the end of my but life, that's high my, performance. Yeah, well, like my, you love failure. Like let me hurry up and fail so I can figure out the right way to do it. I don't know if I say I rush towards failure, but I'm not afraid of a mistake. I'm not afraid of a failure. Mm -hmm. If I'm gonna fail, Will Smith said this. I'm gonna fail forward. <laughs> I'm not gonna fail and stay stagnant. I'm not gonna fall back and let it keep me there. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna fail and let that project me into the next thing. So you can't. It's like you can't be beat. Well, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel, I feel good about it. I love it. So you only have a couple minutes left before you said mm -hmm. you had to wrap mm -hmm. it up. So uh, we're gonna move into the speed round. All right, do a chord four. Go. And so. What job would you want to do if money didn't matter? Archaeologist. I want to find the uh, like the beginning of life. Nice. Who is or was the biggest mentor in your life and why? My father. Um, he didn't have no sons. I came first. Just happened by happenstance. And he's a vet too, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. He wanted boys. He got all girls. And so he was like, you, Junior, let's go. <laughs> wow. What do you consider to be your greatest accomplishment? getting up and trying every day. What's the most, most important piece of advice that you ever received or that you have to offer? That's a hard one, man. Probably something like if somebody gives you a second chance, grab hold of that motherfucker and go with it. Like, do it. Like we we're not all offered a second chance at anything. You get one. And if you get two, you better use it. Is that the same as reinvention or evolution? No, because sometimes sometimes you get a chance at things in life and it doesn't work out. And it's not that it destroys you, but it, you just live in a way where it never presents itself again or you completely turn your path. Mm. If you get a second chance at doing something that is unexpected, like had this not happened, I would have been okay. But when the opportunity arose, I knew I had to go for it. Right. I couldn't fight that. Right. Because right. right. I had the opportunity to take something that I didn't succeed at. Well, I was successful, but I didn't. it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to, to write that, mm -hmm. to try and do it again. And I feel like the first time you're a beginner, the second time you're not really an expert, but you have enough information that you can be if you keep going. It's powerful. So let's tell the listeners what are the hours of operation here and how can they reach you? Okay, the phone number at The Difference Kitchen is 716-370-0011. We're located at 272 Hudson Street at the corner of West on the lower west side of Buffalo. We're open Monday for lunch from 11 to 3, and Tuesday through Saturday from 11 to 8. Sundays we are closed. And you do cater? We do cater. Not for more than about 150 people, though, as our kitchen just cannot hold that much food, unfortunately. But I'll be happy to meet you up to that point. 
Sweet. So, Lucy from the Difference Kitchen, thank you for being on the show. Is there anything else that you want anybody to know before we close out? Try and live with compassion. I don't know. I don't have really nothing else to say. I'm, I'm happy with it. That's big. So, yeah. Living with compassion is huge. Yeah, that's a challenge for everybody. It's huge. So, until next time, be the change and bridge the gap.